Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. Today, Dr. Forrest presents Evangelists Mark and Victoria Bowling, who talk to us about the five things accomplished on the cross. I want to take this time to introduce uh, Evangelists Mark and Victoria Bowling. Amen. Hallelujah. What a blessing they've been already. We had a two o'clock session yesterday, which was awesome. And then a 7 p.m. Uh, service, which was awesome. I fully anticipate this will continue to be awesome, you know. And I get to say awesome like four times. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I saw this little boy with a T-shirt. It said 50% ninja, 50% dinosaur, 100% awesome. I'm like, yeah, I can relate, you know. Amen. Hallelujah. So listen. I just want to tell you real quick, we've had the pleasure of knowing Mark and Victoria for about three years, three years ago at our annual Freedom Crusade at our home church at Word of Life Center, which is now Life United. They just changed their name. We met them, just kind of detected a kindred spirit, and uh, we knew them for about a year before we realized the scope of their ministry. We were like, oh, they're overseas missionaries. Oh, cool. (laughs) And then Pastor Sam was telling me, oh, you don't understand. They get people saved. So let me just tell you, and and correct me if I get the numbers wrong here, just to let you know, this is the, go to the next slide. All right, this is in Pakistan. This was this most recent campaign. Over 100,000 in attendance. 83,000, over 83,000 people confirmed, saved, most of them Muslims, first-time salvations. 83,000. In two crusades in Pakistan this year, over 200,000 people have given their life to Jesus. You know what the Lord spoke to me? And I I feel like this is prophetic. And he says, you need to set the million marker if you haven't already. Because you're, you're pacing towards that. Amen. Does that bear witness? No, no, no. Just for the Pakistan. Just as a starter, you know. I'm not putting a limit. I'm just saying, you know, an intermediate goal, so to speak. Because you're, you're 20% there already. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, so they win people to Jesus at the macro level overseas. And yet they minister to the homeless one-on-one in their home city of Tulsa. I'm going to let them tell you more about that. And without further ado, introduce uh, Mark and Victoria Bowling. Amen. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Amen. We've had a wonderful time so far with all of you, and we believe God has something good for us today. Amen. How many of you love Jesus? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me ask my wife to stand up. Maybe come greet the people. Amen. This, we've been married for 26 years. And uh, she's a blessing. Hallelujah. Are you happy? I'm so happy. I love the fire of God. You might think, well, what do I need this fire for? The fire will come on you and burn out everything that needs to go. And then he comes and fills you and changes you into what you need to be. He does a deep work in you so he can do a work through you. 
pastor quoted it. John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water. But there is one coming after me whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I love fire. I love the Holy Ghost. I love his presence. I just want to encourage you to open up your heart this morning. I know nowadays people don't use radios so much because we get everything on our phones. But I think most of us have used a radio in the past. The signals from the radio station, they're always coming. But it's the receiver that needs to receive them. Back in the day when we used radios, if we couldn't tune in the station, we didn't get on the phone and call the station and say, what's the matter with you? I can't get your station. No, we tune the dial. We fine-tune the dial. We turn it this way and this way and this way and made an adjustment on our end so we could receive what was always coming towards us the whole time. With God, sometimes people are waiting for something to happen. I need you to do this for me. I need you to do this for me. And we have things that we need. That's valid. That's true. But how many of you have ever played checkers or tennis or ping pong? One person makes a move, and then the other makes a move. And then the other person makes a move, and then the other person makes a move. Many times, we're standing there. God has made his move. It's our turn, but we're still waiting. When are you going to do something, Lord? When are you going to do something? I encourage you, open your heart. Oh, but what is it that I have to do? Mainly, believe. Believe what he has said to you. And then open your heart and let him fill you with the Holy Ghost. And you will fulfill his plan for your life. Amen? One step at a time. We love you. We have thoroughly enjoyed our time with you. And um, it's not over yet. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen to this verse. I, I read it this morning in the Passion Translation. If it sounds passionate, it's because it's the Passion <laughs> Translation. <laughs> and uh, this is very powerful, actually. This is, I'm going to just read it. I don't need to necessarily even expound on it. Romans uh, chapter 15, verse 13. Listen to this. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with joy. That's the plan of God for each of us. Amen. God wants you to be radiant with the joy of the Lord, with the presence of God in your life. Can you say amen? Amen. So write that down. Look it up in the Passion Translation and feed on it for a while. Uh, speaking of Pakistan, we, uh, we leave uh, 
one week from today for our fourth crusade. Amen. We're believing God for no less than 100,000 souls to come to Christ. Amen. Amen. So be, be, if you would, just be connected with us in your faith, in your prayers. Um, the devil doesn't like us, but I don't like him either. And we win in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This last time we were there, we were in a very serious car accident, walked away without a scratch, going 80 miles per hour in a deluge of rain at 3 o'clock in the morning. Not me, our driver. And we were trying to get him to slow down. He didn't. We lost control, went over an embankment that was 10 feet below the, the road, turned 360 in the air, landed, got up and walked away. Five different people have since and have come to us and said, we had an urgency to pray for you. We were praying in the Holy Ghost. One lady even said in her spirit, she had the words, sparing of their lives, sparing of their lives. We walked away without a scratch. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? We were even there. There was even an earthquake while we were there in the last trip. This is only eight days. We were there. Eight days. Earthquake and a car accident. But we came away with 83,000 decisions. Say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? So God's a big God. Be believing God with us. We have to meet the budget still. And it'll all come in. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But be, are you excited? Amen. See, where are we at? We're in North Carolina. You don't have any good football teams around here, so we can just take our time. Amen. Amen. Huh? The Saints have a bye week. Okay. So, hallelujah. If you would go to Mark chapter 16, we're going to just bring, you know, just kind of put a final stamp on this past weekend. We encourage you to, uh, to uh, listen to the messages from yesterday and last night. The Spirit of God is doing something. Amen. We had three different individuals here last night groaning in the Spirit. That gives birth to revival. Revival harvest is always birthed out of that. Something's happening. Can you say amen? God's wanting to do something very significant. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Before I forget, feel free to sign up to receive our newsletter. It only comes once a quarter. Amen. We're getting ready to put out another one that will document the last crusade we just did. And, uh, but if you want to receive more and more updates, be sure to put your email on that list out there. We send them, I don't know, maybe once a week, every other week, depending on sometimes time flies, sometimes every three weeks, just <laughs> depends. Uh, but then also you can go to our website, globalimpactministries.com. There's some great resources there. Uh, we are now officially on television based out of Pakistan. It's going to millions of people. We're believing God for one million souls saved a year just through that. Just through that. And I would actually like to get to one million saved a year through our crusades. That would be, that's, that's awesome. So that would be at least 10 crusades a year with a minimum of 100,000 salvations at every crusade we're not there yet but we're getting there amen um, but anyway the tv program can be found at our website via youtube the, now we're actually literally on television not just youtube 
and it's going into the homes of Pakistanis. It's actually going into Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Afghanistan, China, northern Africa, many places once a week. But you can avail yourself to that uh, on our YouTube channel, or if you're a podcast guy while you're driving to work, make sure you listen to Pastor's podcast first, and then come over and listen to ours. Uh, it's about 25 minutes, and we teach. Everyone say teach. teach. Amen. Because we feel like it's very necessary for overseas. Uh, there, there's a need for teaching in Asia. So we teach. And, uh, but we also present the gospel. Amen. Because faith comes by hearing. And if they don't know what belongs to them in the area of salvation, how are they going to have faith for salvation? So we present the gospel briefly at the end of every if not during, at the end of every uh, podcast, and we pray for them to receive Jesus Christ, and we also pray for the sick. Amen. If you need healing in your body, be sure to avail yourself to that. Amen. Also, they mentioned Facebook. You can click and like our Facebook page or Instagram. There is a lot going on constantly through uh, our, our ministry, uh, Families getting set free from slavery in, in, in India, or excuse me, in Pakistan. Churches are being born in India. Uh, the, the, the orphanage that we, we underwrite in Kenya, orphaned, pregnant, orphaned girls who are pregnant because of forced prostitution, incest, or gang rape. And then they're kicked out of their homes, and this family takes them in when they're traumatized preaches the gospel to them, loves them, and takes care of them until they are able to take care of themselves with the trade. Amen. We underwrite that. Hallelujah. Plus our street ministry in downtown Tulsa, we have, it, it varies week to week, but two weeks ago we had over 150 people, and we've expanded to a second location. We're preaching the gospel. People are being set free. Minds are being healed. It's awesome what God is doing. Then the Crusades. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Can you say amen? Did you find Mark 16? You ready to receive the word today for a few minutes? Amen. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these beautiful people. We thank you for the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in this room. We trust the Holy Spirit who dwells within our spirits to ignite the word of God in us, in Jesus' name, to, to put a, 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 just a strong fire in us for your plans, for your purposes, that we would love you with all our hearts, mind, soul, and strength, and that we would love our neighbors ourselves, that we would see our, those around us as potential people who can come and become disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I also thank you that those who have need in their lives today, you meet those needs. In Jesus' name, we give you honor and glory. Amen. Mark chapter 16, did you find it? Verse 15, uh, a passage of scripture you ought to be familiar with, but if you're not, that's all right. I would encourage you to feed on this passage of scripture. Mark 16, verse 15. I would just start with verse 14. It says, later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. 
be careful that you are not like the world. What is the world like? The world is slow to believe about miracles in line with the scripture and quick to, because they haven't seen it, right? And quick to believe gossip, slander about others, even though they haven't seen it. Are you listening to me? Don't be like the world. Slow to believe the truth of the word of God, miracles, testimonies in line with the word, and, and quick to believe slander, gossip, even if CNN reports it. Hello? Are you listening to me? No, 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 no. The believer, where are we to be? Quick to believe testimonies that line up with the God's word. If someone came into this room today and said, yesterday I prayed for someone, they were raised from the dead, I'd believe them unless I knew their character, unless I knew they had a faulty character. Amen? But why do you need evidence, physical evidence, to believe that, but yet you, but you don't need evidence to believe slander about somebody? You see? See? No, we are to be quick to believe things concerning the Spirit of God and the testimonies that line up with His Word and slow to believe something about wrong about somebody else. I'm not going to believe garbage about somebody else unless there's evidence. You listening to me? Don't come to me and talk about brother so-and-so. Amen? Love covers them, even if it's true. Love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. Anyway, get off. We get back to our the main point of our message here. Amen. But notice, Jesus rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. Why were the, Why was their hard heart? Uh, their, their 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 heart hardened because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Hmm. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God. Woo, let that get in you. Jesus, he gives them this command to go into all the world According to Acts 1, he was received up in a cloud of glory. Amen. And right here it says, he ascended up to the right hand of God the Father and sat down. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. Well, if he's seated at the right hand of God the Father, how did he work with them? Through the Holy Ghost. 
You know, right now, I bet there's someone in the world right now having a vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus can appear to you right here in Wilmington. Then he can appear to someone else in Mexico and someone in Asia all at the same time while sitting at the right hand of God the Father. How does he do it? Through the person of the mighty Holy Spirit. How is that possible? Well, you're human. He's God. Amen. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. He is almighty God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. Notice the first thing he said here. He said, go preach the gospel. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who doesn't believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who, what? Believe. Believe what? The gospel. So knowing the gospel is paramount. Having an understanding of what Jesus accomplished for you and I at the cross is paramount. Let me give you five things. Five things that the cross did for you and I. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ on the cross accomplished these five things for you. Number one, God judged the sins of all of mankind on that cross. All of our sins were judged and taken care of right there. Amen. Glory to God. Number two, Satan was defeated at that cross. Amen. Satan has been defeated. All the demons of hell cannot touch you because he's been defeated through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Cover your family with the blood. Bind the work of the devil in Jesus' name. Understand who you, what you have, what you are in Christ Jesus because of that cross. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. By the way, you can find that at Colossians 2.15. Amen. As well as John 12.31. Number three, the demands, the requirements of the law were wiped out. What I mean, the requirements against you, the accusations against you, the demands that were against you were wiped out by the blood of Jesus Christ. They were nailed to that cross. Amen. Colossians 2.14 tells us. Number four, glory to God, Jesus on the cross bore all our sicknesses and diseases and poverty and curse at that cross. It's redemption. Amen. The secret to dominating faith is having a realization of what was accomplished for you at the cross. It's not just struggling, trying to twist God's arm to get him to do something for you. No, no, no. It's understanding that on the cross, Jesus himself took your place. Amen. It's a finished fact, and therefore you act upon it. And when you act upon it, it becomes your reality. It becomes your experience. Are you listening to me? Amen. I, you know, I... I 
I'm just so thankful for redemption. I'm so thankful that around my senior year in high school, I began to get a hold of this stuff. And the more I feed on it, the more real it gets on the inside of me. That Jesus on his person took my place. He took my sickness. He took my disease. He took my poverty. He took my lack. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So I've, listen to me. I've had, since before graduating from high school, I've taken one antibiotic. And I don't suffer. I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm whole because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Amen. Now, some of you, that's just like, oh, I don't believe that. What would you say if I said this? Since before graduating from high school, I've never robbed a bank. <laughs> well, why is one more different than the other? See, it's, it's wrong thinking that religion has plagued us with. The sensationists have plagued us. The cessationists who teach yeah, they, love, they, they claim to love Jesus, but they, they teach God doesn't do miracles today. God doesn't heal you today. And those same people will teach, but he will make you sick to teach you a lesson. So their God makes you sick, but he won't heal you. How twisted is that? Say, Mark, are you angry? Well, I mean, I hate the devil and I hate religion. That's religion that keeps people bound. How many people went to heaven early? Because of that nonsense. I'm telling you, the reason why America has gone secular is because of that nonsense. Because of church that has no power. Because of that nonsense. That's why I honestly, my wife, I, don't get mad at me, but my wife and I, we usually pretty get a little frustrated and irritated with some of the faith movies that come out. Because every single one, they have a theme. Why does this happen to me? Oh, God's working some mysterious plan. No, there's a devil who hates you. Amen. Amen. Which is easier to say, to say, thy sins are be forgiven thee, or to say, get up and walk. That's what Jesus asked. He's asking that to you to right now. What is easier to say, your sins are forgiven thee, or to say, get up and walk? Which is easier? In the mind of Jesus, which is easier? Psalm 103, verse 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. You can't claim forgiveness for all your sins and refuse Healing for all your diseases. It's the same verse. It's the same breath. What Jesus did on the cross when he died for your sins, he also at the same time suffered your diseases, my friend. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen to the scripture. Isaiah chapter 53, the great redemption verse. It says, yet he, this is the one that got it correct, the translation that got it correct from the Hebrew. Holman Christian Standard Bible. It says, yet he himself bore our sicknesses. And he carried our pains. That's physical and mental. Physical, mental, and emotional. 
He himself bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains. But in turn, we regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities, punishment for our peace. That word peace is a big word in the Hebrew. It means wholeness, soundness, tranquility, healing, health, prosperity, happiness, nothing missing, nothing broken. It is the biggest word of the old covenant. Amen. Are you listening? He wants you whole. Punishment needed for our peace was on him. And we're healed by his wounds. Hallelujah. Amen. This is what the cross did for us. If you're sick, you don't have to be sick. You know, that's why we see healing. Listen, I've, I'm a still young guy. I'm very young in mind anyway. Now, the, I know the, some of the younger ones here might think, man, you're not young, you're old. Well, I'm telling you, I'm young. Amen. Amen. My, my spirit's renewed daily. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. But anyway, I have been around long enough to observe this through the years. We've lived in different parts of the country. Listen carefully. Churches that preach. Let me say it like this. Churches that preach it's God's perfect will for all to be healed. They see, not, 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 not everyone receives, but they see a lot of healing. Churches that preach it's not God's will to heal. Or you can never really know. It might be, might not. Look at those churches. Little to zero healing happens in those churches. Just judge it by the fruit. Judge it by the fruit. Our first two crusades this year in Pakistan. We just did our third, and we're waiting for the numbers on that. And they said there was a lot, but we don't know yet. But after our first two crusades, more than 15,000 thousand reported healings 15,000 now let me tell you what happens as a result of that in 2004 I was in Pakistan for the very first time bless you hallelujah salud as they would say in Spanish salud means health amen see even the world knows you're supposed to pronounce health and healing on people salud amen hallelujah so uh 2004, I'm in Pakistan, in a church. And I see this lady before the service starts carried in. She was paralyzed in one side of her body. I didn't speak her language, never had a conversation with her, so I didn't know this. They told me after. Even her speech was affected. She was instantly healed in that meeting. Instantly. Walking up the stairs, lifting up her hand, talking, doing all of that. Hallelujah. Amen. Ten nights later when we were doing the actual crusade while I was there, second night of the meeting, up to 50 of her family members came to the crusade. Why? Because of her healing. That is the power of the gospel. That is the power of a healing. Amen? Hallelujah. Everyone say, he himself bore our sicknesses. He was our substitute when he did that. Amen. What he bore, we need not bear. Amen. Amen. Just like he bore the punishment of my sin. 
Therefore, I don't have to be punished now. Hallelujah. He bore my sin itself. Therefore, I can have victory over sin. So I don't just have to get forgiveness all the time. I can be victorious. Amen. He purchased my forgiveness. He, he broke the power of sin, but he also broke the power of sickness and disease. Believe that. Act upon it. Don't try to believe. Just act on it. Amen. Don't just say, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. No, just act like it's true, and it'll be yours. <laughs> Hallelujah. But notice I also said there he, uh, he bore... He, he defeated the power of um, poverty. That needs to be preached again. <laughs> Amen. Why would we, uh, you know, now listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, I'm going to punch religion in the face again. Right here in just a second. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 is Bible. All of chapter 8 and all of chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians, he is dealing with finances. The whole chapter. Go read it. Read it in multiple translations. He's dealing with money. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Never forget this. 2 Corinthians 8 9 says this. We know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ in that though he was rich for your sakes, he became poor, that through his poverty you might become rich. Look up the word rich in the Greek. It means abundantly supplied. It means increased with material goods. Are we advocating materialism? No. We're saying God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to take, be taken care of. To what degree? 2 Corinthians 9.8. So that was 8.9. Here's 9.8. God is able to make all grace. Amplified says it like this. God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come on you in such abundance so that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Hallelujah. And to say that poverty is of the devil is hypocritical if you went to school to advance your life. If you went to college to better yourself and you say poverty or prosperity is of the devil, then you're a hypocrite. If you live in a nice house and drive two cars and have new clothes on and have money in the bank and celebrate Thanksgiving with family with all of that food around the table to the point that you can't even hardly keep your pants buckled and you preach against prosperity, you're a hypocrite. Amen. Amen. If you don't like prosperity, go live in Venezuela and see what it's like to be impoverished. Amen. Amen. Go live in India where sewage is running in the streets. And sometimes you run out of running water because the electricity failed. And therefore you have to wait to take a bath even though you smell. If you don't like prosperity, throw away your cell phone if you don't like prosperity. 
See, God has no problem with you having stuff. He has a problem when the stuff has you. God has no problem with you having stuff. He has a problem when that stuff has you. Those who truly believe in prosperity are the biggest givers because they're not care, they don't care about the stuff, but they like to be a blessing to people. And therefore, because the prosperity teaches this, if you give, it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Men will give into your bosom. And so, you know, there is those, I know of individuals who tried to give everything away and they just couldn't because the more they gave, the more it came. Amen. Are you listening to me? And it was taken care of at the cross. At the cross, Jesus hung completely naked. He was thirsty. He was hungry. He was the very symbol of poverty on that cross. As a man in the ministry, he was not poor. Trust me, he wasn't. He had a staff of 12 men who had families, and he took care of all of them. Amen. Someone just, because we have a ministry to the homeless, <laughs> this, this person, they meant well. And we, have, we, we thanked him for the T-shirt, but we haven't worn it yet. Because it says Jesus was homeless. I despise that. Jesus wasn't homeless. And they, they quote the verse, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Well, first of all, Jesus was a single man, for th- and he had a ministry. For, he lived with his parents till he was 30, and then he had three and a half years of ministry with no wife, no kids, but he wasn't even homeless at that. When he quoted that, you know what just happened? He was rejected out of Samaria. They were trying to pass through Samaria, and the Samaritans rejected him because they knew he was on his way to Jerusalem and said, nope, you can't stay here. And therefore, he didn't have a place to stay that night. He was talking about the hardship, the cost of obeying God. He wasn't talking. All his disciples had homes. Proof. John, in the book of John, after Peter and John ran to the tomb because Mary had reported the Messiah is risen, they ran. It says, after that... Go look it up. They went to their homes. They had homes. They had houses. Amen. God wants you blessed. Amen. But he also wants you to be willing to give it all away. And go to wherever he wants you to go. Can you say amen? The problem with prosperity message is... Some have heard that and they think, well, that alleviates all sacrifice. Well, that's just a lie from hell, too. The cross demands sacrifice. Amen. It demands sacrifice. Not because God's mean wants you to be sacrificial. It's that there's a devil in this world who's trying to oppose the gospel from getting to India, from Tibet, Mongolia, Saudi Arabia. 
Iraq, Afghanistan, where there's been poverty, where demons have ruled for many, many years. So you could have a million dollars, but if you have to go to a village, there's not a nice hotel in that village. You understand? I've stayed in five-star hotels, and I won't apologize for that. I thank God for the opportunity to do that. In fact, we have to do it in some places for the sake of security. But there's a lot of other places. I've spent a lot more billion-star hotels than five-star hotels. What's a billion-star hotel? It's when it's so hot inside the house, the electricity goes out, and and it's 115 degrees outside, so you go sleep on the terrace and look at the stars as you go to sleep. Billion-star hotel. Amen. Which one's better, the billion-star hotel or the five-star hotel? Which one's better? The place where you commune with the Lord the most. It's about the presence of God. If you can't stay in a five-star hotel without being distracted, well, then you better just stay with the billion-star hotel. You see what I'm saying? Are you here? Hallelujah. All right. Man, ah, glory to Jesus. I spent a lot of time on it. I didn't mean to spend so much time on that, but there's just a lot of religiosity in America And the thing is, those who are preaching against this stuff the most, (laughs) go look at their houses. Go look at their pensions. Look who they were. I mean, come on. It's a big sham. You know what it is? It's the devil trying to slow the spreading of the gospel. You know, Reinhard Bonnke saw over 60 million salvations in Nigeria in a 10-year period. Who paid for that? Because every crusade cost almost $1 million. The crusade cost $1 million. But they were getting about a million, two, three saved at every crusade. Amen. And half that budget was follow-up. Who paid for that? A guy who preaches prosperity, underwrote all the crusades. Are you here? Hello? Come on now. It was Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland underwrote all those crusades. Amen. There was another evangelist, another evangelist who had a million soul goal a year, every year. Amen. He was doing wild things. He's not really, I mean, I I don't want to mention his name. But um, at the time, he was exploding upon the scene. I saw the videos. Millions were getting saved. Who underwrote his crusades? Joyce Meyer. They, They preach against her, too. I said to Victoria, if there's a Reinhard... For if there's a Kenneth Coben for Reinhard and there's a Joyce Meyer for this other evangelist, there's somebody out there. Hallelujah. So we can win souls. It's about souls. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, Brother Mark. It's 1230. You need to be done by now. I know. I know. I love football, too. But it's never changed my life. It has never changed my life. This has. This changed my life. This gave me victory. I can now know when I, I, when I walk into this, into this room right here that the word of God is more solid than this floor I'm standing. 
Therefore, I cannot lose. You think about that. Amen. The fifth thing, the cross. How many know? Number one, God judged our sins, the sins of all mankind on the cross of Calvary. Number two, Satan was defeated. Number three, the demands of the law that were opposing us, that were accusing us. The requirements of that law were wiped out. Number four, Jesus bore all our sins, our diseases, our poverty, our lack, our curse on the cross. When I say sicknesses and diseases, that's both physical and mental and emotional. God wants you whole. Amen. And number five, the cross of Calvary, that bloody cross opened the door to the Gentiles to come to God. I was an alien. I was a stranger. I had no covenant with God. And Jesus made a way for this heathen right here to come into the presence of God. Amen. The veil was torn. And now the world can experience the presence of Almighty God. Can you say amen? I would encourage you, if you did not take notes, to get this tape. And listen to those five things. Get them deep into your spirit so that when you do what the Bible tells you to do, and what's he say there? Go into all the world and preach this gospel to every creature. There will be an oomph behind it. Hallelujah. And then he says this. These signs will accompany those who believe in my name. In my name. Everyone say, in my name. That's in my place. As my representative. With my backing. With the power of attorney. Amen. In my name. They'll lay hands on the sick. Or it says, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly... By no means harm them. We're pretty close to West Virginia here, so I better clarify. <laughs> better clarify those. <laughs> you know, yeah, that doesn't mean you go around. You got them here? Okay. You don't go around handling snakes. That's tempting God. Amen. I'm not, we're not, you know, you bring out the snakes in a worship service. See how, no, 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 no. The, the example that you can find in Acts chapter 28, Paul, he's putting wood on the fire in this very, Venomous viper comes and latches onto him. He shakes it off and feels no harm. All the people thought, ah, justice is served. He escaped the, the wrath of the sea, the wrath of the gods that, were, that caused him to be shipwrecked here. But now he, he's, he's getting bitten by the snake. He must be a very evil person or something. And they, they kept watching, waiting for his hand to swell up. Nothing happened. Then they said, he's a god. People should be saying that about you from time to time. Not because you are one, but because they see supernatural powers operating through you. More than once, I've had to lift people up off their, their knees in India. Because they, they, they're, they're worship happy. They worship anything that moves. But when, but when you bring healing power and people in their village start getting healed, you get out of the car the next night, they meet you and they're on their face. Oh, get up, I'm a human like you. Amen. This is real, my friend. Amen. So that's what that means. 
We have dominion over creation. We have dominion over disease. We have dominion. We have protection because of Jesus. We minister in the name of Jesus. If he was dead, his name would have no power. But because he's risen from the dead, everything he did in Bible days, he continues to do now through his church, through his body. He's the head, we're the body. Amen. The desires and the wishes and the commands of the head are executed through the body. Jesus, the head, gives the command, he gives the wish, and we say, yes, sir, and we do it. Can you say amen? And he has commissioned you to go and take this gospel. He has commissioned you to go and lay hands on the sick. He has commissioned you to go and cast out demons. You have authority over demons. I'll never forget, and I'll close with this story. South Sudan. Hallelujah. I'm getting ready to go back there again this March. The one place I've really asked my wife not to go, but I think she could go now. I don't know. We'll see. But it's, it's, well, let me like put it to you like this. A Kenyan said this to me. What the, what the United States is to Kenya, proportionately, Kenya is to South Sudan. As far as convenience, as far as modern, it's, you know, when I was there, there was 500 meters of blacktop in the entire nation. So all the roads are like dried up riverbeds. <laughs> you got to have a land rover to get through. But uh, yeah, just because of um, 50 years of civil war. Then they won the war. The South won the war. They got independence from the, the north part. Now they became their own nation. Then they turned on each other. So it's, it's, there's a, a foul devil there. But anyway, while we were there, I'm preaching or teaching in a pastor's conference. One of the main pastors comes in. He's late. He says, I'm so sorry, brother, I'm late. But my baby girl's in the, the clinic. So they didn't have a hospital. It was a clinic. She's in the clinic with cerebral malaria. I said, okay, it's okay. After I'm done teaching, let's go pray for her. He said, okay, let's do it. So we go, my travel companion, my translator, who was also a government official, who had just gotten baptized in the Holy Ghost, name is Johnson, amen, amen, uh, and uh, you would blow him away, because my con- I have contacts, my contacts blew him away, he's like, what, and I had already talked about America landing on the moon, so he's like, so the last day I'm there, I'm, I'm putting in my contacts, he goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm putting in contacts. They help me see. And he looked at me. He kind of paused. He goes, what is it with you people? You put a man on the moon. You put these things in your eyes so you can see better. What is it with you people? See, that's, that mean, that's how isolated they have been. One village I was at, different trip. One village I was at, a lady got healed in her eyes, blind eye. And I, and I asked her, Hold, I, I cover up your good eye. This is before she's going to testify. I, just, I was checking her out. How many, how many fingers am I holding up? She couldn't tell me. She couldn't verbalize it. She knew what it was. She held up two fingers. But she could not say two. She couldn't count. That's how backwards it is. 
You listening to me? But anyway, we're at this village. No, at this clinic, excuse me. I was at the village, that place. But this clinic with Johnson, my translator, and my travel companion, and the pastor whose daughter there. We go in there, and we're walking to go lay hands on his daughter. But the problem was I had to pass about 31 other babies to get to his daughter. And I saw women in anguish holding their baby, just crying, and children screaming in pain. And my heart was moved with compassion. I was like, how can I walk by all these babies? But I didn't know the protocol. So we, we go in there, and we lay hands on that pastor's child in the name of Jesus. Thank God for Johnson. Johnson said, everybody listen to me. This is evangelist Mark Bowling, and he's going to pray for all your babies. <laughs> I was excited. I was excited. And it was like four different sections. So in every section, I prayed a mass prayer, and I preached the gospel in the prayer. <laughs> Amen. I said, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. When Jesus died on the cross, he didn't die on the cross just to forgive our sins, but he also bore our sicknesses and diseases, and by his stripes we're healed. In Jesus' name, we thank you for healing these people. Laid hands on all the children. Go to the next section. Did the same thing. Next session. So, laid hands on all 32. It might, it might have been a little bit more, maybe 35. I forget. Anyway, it was 30-something babies. And then we left. Crusades finished. We go to the next city, Copueta, well, city, small little town. And while we're getting ready and getting ready to preach that night, I'm sitting under a tree with my travel companion and Johnson. And Johnson says, Brother Mark, I want you to know something. A high percentage of the babies who go into that clinic never leave. They die there. And I just heard from the nurse, all 30-something babies, 32 babies, all 32 babies, have been discharged. They are all completely healed by the power of God. Hallelujah. They shall lay hands on the sick in my name. And they shall recover. Now you say, well, Brother Mark, you're the evangelist. Yes, I'm glad you said that. Because I was preaching the gospel in India. And I brought the people forward who needed healing. And they're very simple folk. So I quote this verse, and I said, look at your hands. And they looked at their hands. How many of you are believers? They all looked at their hands because they've just accepted Christ. Look at your hands again. They look at their hands. How many of you are believers? They lift up their hands again. I said, Jesus said, you now are a believer. You can lay hands on the sick. And the same Jesus who walked the shores of Galilee 2,000 years ago is now alive inside of you. And if you will lay hands on the sick, and if they will receive it, he and his healing power will go out of you into them. But for right now, you're going to start on yourself. Put your hand on the part of your body that's sick. And miracles happen. But we leave. A few days later, we get a report. One lady, as far as we know, she received Christ that week. She went home to her paralyzed husband who's in bed, one side of his body paralyzed, laid hands on him, believing what I said, laid hands on him in the name of Jesus. And two days later, he got out of bed healed. <laughs> now, nah, she wasn't an evangelist. She was a believer. Fish swim, birds fly, dogs bark, cats meow. Believers believe. It's your very nature. 
When you walk into a room, all things just became possible. Because all things are possible to him who believes. Everyone say, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Almighty God is my Father. And with Him, there is nothing too difficult. Amen. You're connected to the Almighty. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're the very righteousness of God in Him, in Christ. A new creature created in Him before the foundation of the age. And God has destined you, people, all of you, He has destined you for great things. And that includes the supernatural operation of the power of God. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Praise God. What are you doing, Brother Mark? Nothing. Just, just here. We're always in a hurry, aren't we? Americans, we're always in a hurry. Amen. I've been catching myself. Some of that stuff got off on me that you hear a lot in church. Real quick, do this. Real quick, do that. Real quick, turn to this. Real quick, we'll take up an offering. Real quick, lift up your hand if you need prayer. Real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. While America goes to hell, real quick. Amen. But then we'll go to a football game, and I love football games. And we'll hang out there for four hours, not including the tailgating. Hallelujah. And if you're home, not at the football game, you're home watching two or three. I don't anymore. I have a Holy Ghost. I have the Holy Ghost, and then I have the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Let's Hallelujah. Let's all stand to your feet. Hallelujah. The Lord is good, my friend. If, you're, if you have a sickness in your body, I almost said we're not going to take long for this. <laughs> See, I mean, we're so programmed. But in all seriousness, we aren't going to take long for this. It doesn't take long. If, if you have a sickness in your body and you need healing, lift up your hand. If there's anybody here like that, right, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to lay hands on your, the part of your body that's sick. You are. And we're just going to believe God right now. You know why? The gospel of Christ is the power of God. And the preaching of the gospel is the power of God in action. It's activated right now. Amen. In fact, there could have been, I don't know, there might be someone who already got healed. While we're just preaching. That happens. You were healed? Are you raising, you're worshiping. Okay, hallelujah. Amen. So put your hand on the part of your body that's sick right now. And I want you to get ready. Remember, don't try to believe, just act like it's true. Get ready. Put it into action right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father God, I thank you. Well, you don't have to, you don't have to repeat. 
Father, you can pray on your own, though. Father God, I thank you in the name of Jesus for this gospel, the reality of the gospel. I thank you that Jesus did on the cross take our place. I thank you on the cross he bore our sicknesses. He bore our diseases. He took our place. You laid on him the iniquities of us all. You laid on him the diseases of us all. And he died with them and rose again as our substitute without them. Hallelujah. He's alive right now. And by his wound we're healed. So in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we command all sickness and disease to leave God's people in this place right now. In Jesus' name, we command all pain to go right now. All discomfort to go right now. In the name of Jesus, Father God, I thank you right now that you're healing people of diabetes. You're healing people of back pain. You're healing people of internal pain, of gallbladder pain, of kidney pain, heart conditions. In the name of Jesus, we command all growths, all tumors, all cysts to disappear. We curse you at the root right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We command it in Jesus' name. Every disease go. Cancer go. In the name of Jesus. Every foul spirit that has tormented people's minds with fear, with anxiety, with torment, we command you in Jesus' name, leave them. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that your healing presence is filling people's bodies right now. They're healed from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. They're healed in their minds. They're healed in their brain. They're healed in their internal organs. They're healed in their limbs. They're healed in their back. We thank you that eyes see properly, ears hear properly, people speak properly. I thank you in Jesus' name that we're healed now and we give you glory for it. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and give them thanks. Before you see it, before you feel it, before you experience it, count it yours. It's yours right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's good to be free. It's good to be healed. You're as healed as you are saved. You're as healed now as you are forgiven. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If there's here now, if there's someone here. Now listen. Sometimes miracles are Many times miracles are instant. Other times they're gradual. Amen. Important thing is you just keep believing, which is acting, acting on his word. Amen. But if you know you've already experienced something in your body right now, lift up your hand. Anybody here like that? Say, I just experienced the healing power of God right there. Good, good, good. Wonderful. I don't know if you're worshiping or have your hands raised, but praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 With one sentence. Can you shout it out what it is? One, I mean, unless it's personal. One sentence. You want to tell me what you healed of? Shoulder pain. Shoulder pain. You move it all around. Amen. Good. Good. Huh? Tennis elbow. It's all gone. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Go play some tennis. I think you like to play tennis, right? Amen. Anybody else? Amen. You're, you're healed in Jesus' name. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. What started last night? The healing or the or the the disease? The healing. Last night. I see. I got you. Praise God. Wow. Praise God. Yeah. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. He's faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, real Real slow. <laughs> if you're here today, right now, and if you haven't accepted Jesus, I know we're mostly family here, but perhaps you're just attending. Perhaps you've attended church your whole life, but you don't know that you know that you're saved. You don't know if you were to die tonight where you'd spend eternity. And you would like to know right now. You'd like to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We just talked about what was paid. The price was paid. Your sins are forgiven, but you have to receive that forgiveness. The price was paid. It's almost like someone gave you a, and it's way beyond this, way beyond this. But the only, the best way we can write, someone gave you a million dollar or a hundred million dollar gift card. It does you no good unless you take it to the, to the store and use it. You have to use it. You have to take it. And you have to cash in on it. Is there anybody here like that? Say, I need to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Lift up your hand real high so I can see it. All right. All right. Praise God. All right. Let's all lift up our hands. Just, again, a fresh dedication to the Lord. Lord, here am I. Say it. Lord, here am I. Send me. I will go where you want me to go. I will share the gospel. I will lay hands on the sick. I will ex exercise authority over demons in Jesus' name in order to help people, to set people free, and to see people saved. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, saturate me continually with your presence, with your fire. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks, Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Love you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, we are going to be sad to see them go. So I just wanted to share something about football since you brought it up. Just the other day, you know, I told my wife we were watching TV. I said, honey, I'm tired of football. Can we watch the Hallmark Channel? No, that never happened. I'm just... <laughs> just kidding just kidding amen you know to be honest she's the biggest football fan as I am that's another story but listen let me release you with a blessing real slowly father I thank you for the people that are here we bless them in the name of Jesus we say they are blessed in the field they're blessed in the city they're blessed going out they're blessed coming in
Everything they put their hand to shall prosper. No weapon formed against them shall prosper. No evil shall befall them. Angels have been given assignment over them to keep them in all their ways. And Holy Spirit, you will lead and guide them into the gifts and callings of God that you've placed on their life. I release them into your care in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message, Five Things Accomplished on the Cross. If you are in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 9.45 a.m. for coffee and fellowship, 10.30 for worship and service, and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for spirit-filled prayer. If you would like to learn more about us and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.